You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. A former WWE champion returning this month. Plus, Nick Jackson talks about his COVID battle. And what is the status of Switchblade Jay White? For Monday, January the 11th, 2020, this is your Cultaholic Wrestling News. This Republic Day, WWE will witness... I celebrate for India. Watch WWE Superstar Spectacle on Tuesday, 26th January, 8 p.m. And once again, that's right. Jinder Mahal featured heavily over the weekend in advertising for WWE in India. This comes from the announcement that WWE made about the WWE Superstar Spectacle. This is a special that is airing in India on the 26th of January, the same date as Indian Republic Day. Jinder Mahal featured in this video trailer that was put out on Sony India's Twitter, uh, included as well as Jinder Mahal, uh, faces like the uh, the Singh brothers, Indu Share from NXT, Govinda Singh, Jeet Rama, and Katvia Devi. Or no other details about what this show will entail, other than uh, from WWE's Twitter saying, breaking news, WWE Superstar Spectacle, uh, the first ever Superstar Spectacle, is coming soon. Hashtag stay tuned. Hashtag India. Now, they are saying on the Sony India Twitter this will be a live show on the January on the twenty sixth of January. However, uh, we understand that WWE has a taping date listed on the twenty second of January internally for what they are calling quote an India special. So it very well could be something that is taped on the twenty second to be played on the twenty sixth. This also seems to be a lead-in to what we talked about here on the Cultaholic News podcast a week or so back, which is the arrival of NXT India, which is set to be in the same vein as NXT UK, a showcase of local talents based in India uh, with WWE stars to, to sort of boost that up initially. Jeff Jarrett is reported to be the executive producer for this project, having previously promoted wrestling in India uh, as part of TNA and Ring King. So he's got previous uh, working in the Indian market and he's set to be a big part of this. When we know more about the WWE Superstar Spectacle, we'll let you know more at cultaholic.com. This weekend, Nick Jackson took to Instagram and he shared his story on battling COVID-19. 
he said, quote, on his Instagram story, crazy to think there's still COVID deniers out there in the world. I had a pretty bad case of COVID in early September that kept me bedridden for nearly three weeks. I couldn't taste or smell for two and a half months. At one point, my whole body had hives in it, and my doctor said it was definitely from COVID. Matt had to do the majority of the work in matches once I returned safely because I couldn't catch my breath. My cardio is finally back, but it took months to finally feel like myself again. Let's protect each other and wear a mask. We send our best wishes to Nick Jackson coming clean and talking about his battle with coronavirus. The United States Patent and Trademark Office shows that WWE have filed to trademark the name Shah Samuels. Following up from this on the WWE Performance Center website, the NXT UK roster now shows that UK indie wrestler Shah Samuels is now a part of that brand. Shah Samuels has been working in the independent scene for many, many years now. He was a part of World of Sport on ITV and even had... Uh, a match a dark match as part of nxt uk and in the uk championship tournament some time back there was an incident in 2019 that saw shah samuels uh, involved with a a situation between a referee at rev pro and josh bowden consequently things went a little bit quiet for shah samuels off the back of that seems like things have sorted themselves out shah samuels uh, is now part of the nxt uk roster he joins a new signings tony gill from australia and Aaliyah james also from the uk former roh world champion dalton castle now officially a free agent wrestling inc have reported that roh offered castle a very good new deal and he is considering it. However, he wants to see what else is out there. He's been with Ring of Honor since 2013, former ROH world champion as well, with 197 days as top of the promotion. And whilst I thought he'd be somebody that would stay there forever, he seems to have aspirations to be elsewhere and do other things. So we'll see whether or not he signs to return to work with ROH going forward. Lawsuits uh, submitted by Joey Ryan have officially been dismissed. So uh, in the wake of the speaking out movement, uh, we had multiple people coming forward uh, with with stories regarding Joey Ryan. This led to Joey being uh, removed from active rosters of everywhere that he worked previously, basically. And he followed this up by countersuing some of those that have... That, forced him to to move away from the wrestling world uh what we understand this morning is that those countersuits uh, that joey ryan has put together have now been thrown out joseph Meehan uh says the heel by nature website better known in wrestling circles as joey ryan had two cases dismissed within the past week one against a speaking out accuser judge michael w fitzgerald dismissed Meehan's case against a woman who made accusations last summer according to court documents obtained by heel by nature Meehan did not file documentation to support his case, resulting in the judge ordering the case be dismissed. Sean Waltman, talking to Wrestling Inc., says he does not want to be inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame as a singles wrestler. He says, I mean this from the bottom of my heart. I have no desire whatsoever to stand up there by myself and give an acceptance speech for another Hall of Fame. I don't like that situation, standing there in front of thousands of people. It's one thing I stand there and have a match, but it was never my thing 
to do speeches. I was never the big jabber jaw. Some people would say sometimes, I think they come off as authentic. I think that's why people liked me, but I was not getting promo of the year awards ever. So simply because he doesn't want to stand up and talk in those situations anymore, Sean Waltman doesn't want to go back in the Hall of Fame. During a special Making a Finisher episode of Fightful's YouTube show, former WWE Women's Champion Victoria spoke about the birth of Widow's Peak, her finisher. Molly Holly, she says, saw an independent wrestler. I'm not going to say his name yet. Do a move. And she came back and said, there's a move I think you should use for your finisher because I was a big girl and it was I was one of the girls that could pick up everybody and I could take the move, essentially. After telling the story about how Vince McMahon liked the move after seeing it, Victoria revealed the move that she used originally came from current NXT roster member Roderick Strong. He was 16 years old at the time when he was doing the move that would become the Widow's Peak. And what is the future for Jay White? New Japan's very own Switchblade has given some given some suggestion that he might be on his way out of the promotion following his loss to Kota Ibushi at Wrestle Kingdom Night 2, uh, suggesting that his contract was up after New Year's Dash and he was going to step away. Uh, there's been two reports that suggest that might not be the case. Uh, first of all, Jay White being advertised for shows in March for New Japan. Uh, Kakuto Log uh, sharing on their Twitter a poster that shows Switchblade Jay White being announced for shows on the 4th of March. Also, Dave Meltzer reveals in Wrestling Observer on the Wrestling Observer radio show that Jay White had had conversations with AEW back in 2018, in which he told them that he had a seven-year deal with New Japan. With a bit of quick maths, that would suggest that Jay White is still very much part of the plans for another four or five years with New Japan Pro Wrestling. On the Cultaholic Twitch stream tonight, it is Fun Day Monday. Are we calling it that? Is it the Okie Doke Appreciation Hour? I'm not sure, but it's Andrew. It's Head Moisturizer, and it's a lot of games and good vibes. Uh, editor Andrew back at twitch.tv forward slash Cultaholic later on today. If you missed it over the weekend on the Cultaholic YouTube channel, we've got a, vis a list of 10 underappreciated ladder matches. Ladder matches are great, but there's a couple that have just got forgotten somewhere along the way. Educate yourself with that list right now at youtube.com slash cultaholic. On the Cultaholic podcast feed over the weekend, we dropped a brand new watch along featuring myself, Matthew Gregg and Justin Henry as the Cultaholic Classic Raw Review watches WrestleMania 11. That was the one headlined by Bam Bam Bigelow and Lawrence Taylor. Quite the nights. You can watch along with us by downloading the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from right now. And before I let you go, we're going to dig into the archives of the Cultaholic podcast feed. It's a year since we celebrated the beginning of the, 90s, of the 20s once again. And it all went a bit wrong after that, didn't it? So we put out a four-part documentary series called Wrestling in the 20s, which looked at uh, professional wrestling at the beginning of the 1920s. I'm going to play part one for you when we finish chatting here in just a moment. You can check out the other parts by searching out Wrestling in the 20s on Spotify. Enjoy. And I will speak to you tomorrow. Don't forget to join us. Love you, bye. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. 
Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear and t-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com/acast and use code acast for 20% off your first purchase. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Welcome to the Roaring Twenties. Or rather, if you're over 100 years old, welcome back to the Roaring Twenties. The last time wrestling was talked about at the start of the 20s, it wasn't in the greatest of shape. Something needed to change. And at the start of the decade, three men would ring in those changes. Changes that assured at least another 100 years of professional wrestling. Let's go back to the beginning of the Roaring Twenties in the United States of America. A time of affluence, social change, and the Charleston, which is basically Flossing's great-grandfather. Don't even at me and tell me otherwise. Americans were moving off the farms and into big cities, spending a lot of money in the process. The motor car was making the country smaller. One in every five people by the end of the decade were driving. Jazz was all the rage, a genre called vulgar by some of the older members of society. Commercial radio was taking off in America as well, kick-started by Pittsburgh's KDKA in 1920. We'd appreciate it if anyone hearing this broadcast would communicate with us, as we are very anxious to know how far the broadcast is reaching and how it is being received. Around 600 more radio stations would be on the air by 1929. You know what else was all the rage? Not drinking! Prohibition had seen every tavern, pub, and bar closed down nationwide. If you wanted a bevy, you'd probably have to chat to your boy Al Capone, the Chicago-based gangster operating the majority of America's underground and highly illegal speakeasies. Uh, gin Ricky, please. So where was wrestling in all of this? It was hanging on in there, shall we say. People now knew about wrestling's predetermined nature, and it had become a bit of an elephant in the room. Rather, it had become two elephants in the room, putting a headlock on each other for several hours. Audiences, now disinterested in wrestling at this time, started seeking entertainment elsewhere. 
Whilst the audience had cottoned on, wrestling acted like it hadn't. You see, kayfabe was still valiantly protected in the same way that you would try and hide a surprise birthday party if the guest of honor had seen you wheeling the cake into the kitchen earlier that day. While some long matches were still able to grab the audience and hold them, a lot of fans had grown tired of seeing the same old matches from the same old people. The lack of legitimacy took away the sense of jeopardy. To fill the now empty seats, wrestling needed a new way of thinking. Our story begins with Big Billy Sandow. Born Wilhelm Baumann, previously known as technical expert young Muldoon, the name he was best known under, Billy Sandow, was in honor of 19th century wrestler and strongman Eugene Sandow. When Big Billy retired from the ring, he wanted to pass his skills onto the next generation. Over his managerial career, he would guide the likes of Everett Marshall, Jumping Joe Savaldi, who was the man that first used the dropkick, and arguably his most important charge, Ed Strangler Lewis. Here comes Lewis, the originator of the rolling headlock, powerful punishing hole. Born in Wisconsin and wrestling by the time he was a spry 14 years old, Lewis caught the eye of promoter and trainer Sandow during a hand-to-hand -hand combat training camp in the middle of the First World War. Their next encounter, however, was quite obstinate. Having booked Lewis to wrestle for his show, the young and brash Strangler felt slighted by Sandow's request to lose the match within 20 minutes so everybody can get the train home. The match became a shoot fight, one that Ed won with ease, and the Ed Lewis-Billy Sandow partnership was set. Strangler's strength and Sandow's brains combined made them a force to be reckoned with in and out of the ring. In fact, by the end of 1920, Ed Lewis was chasing then world heavyweight champion Joe Stetcher. They previously wrestled in 1916 to, get this, a five and a half hour draw. On December the 20th in 1920, however, it was shorter and sweeter for the Strangler as he dethroned the champ to win his first recognized world. Title. And he's fighting him. There he is, Lewis the winner. Despite his success in the ring, as we said, the 1920s were a tough time to be a wrestler. Sandow and Lewis knew that something needed to change and they needed some help. Somebody to come in with them to help change the shape of wrestling. This is where we meet farm boy Toots Mont. Born in Iowa in 1886, he and his family moved to Colorado when he was a young man, spending many of his formative years working down the mines. Toots was fascinated by the world of professional wrestling and struck up a discourse with wrestling star of the decade, Farmer Burns. Mont got into wrestling in the early 1910s, wrestling under the big top at circus shows. He had a knack for it, and he was clocked early on by wrestling legend Stu Hart and the aforementioned Farmer Burns. Burns would take an interest in Mont and start training him one-on-one. -on -one. This would be like, as a trainee wrestler, someone like John Cena offering to show you the ropes. It was a great honor. When Lewis and Sandow were looking for somebody to join their promotion, somebody who could hive mind with them, Farmer Burns put Toots Mont forward, a move that made wrestling history. So why was this triumvirate of Sandow, Lewis and Mont so important? All three loved wrestling and were really unhappy with the way the sport that they loved was declining. 
audience numbers were falling, despite this being a really affluent time for America. I mean, this is prohibition. It wasn't like they were blowing their money getting drunk. Theatres were packed. Other sports, like boxing, were seeing record crowds as well. But partly because the world was more savvy to wrestling being a bit of a fix, there wasn't as much intrigue about it. Promoters would try techniques to keep wrestling feeling real. However, Sandow, Lewis and Mont wanted to try something very, very different. I'm talking wearing a duck costume to a wedding kind of different. They took the helm of a touring wrestling company and reintroduced the sport to the fan base, offering what they called slam bang western style wrestling. Now, what you're going to hear may not sound revolutionary, but in a time where wrestling matches were several hour-long bear hugs, this was basically a shot of adrenaline. The first thing that people noticed when they came to watch wrestling, slam-bang, western-style, was the show itself. The development of an undercard allowed for more storylines other than the feature attraction, which gave people a bit more bang for their buck. Under the guidance of Sandow, Lewis and Mont, extra matches were added, some with storylines and long-running rivalries. I want to take you back to March 29th, 1922, the St. Louis Coliseum in Missouri. It was cloudy, mild, we, we still weren't drinking. Yeah, you had to go to the show to see Ed Lewis versus Jim Londos. It was the hottest feud the company had at the time. And they wrestled in a 90-minute, two out of three falls collision. However, on that show as well, you had a half-hour war between Al Wassam and Chester McCormack. And on top of that, you met the mighty Boris Dementroff, who absolutely decimated Omar Baker in three minutes flat. Audiences hadn't seen anything like it, so they went away and told other people, and more people came along. As for those guys on the undercard, well, they were all given full-time contracts with the touring company. This was used to create brand loyalty, not just for the wrestlers who are now working exclusively for our three lads, but for fans as well. Oh, and also, it helped establish dominance among other promoters. You see, by signing away these guys to exclusive deals with them, it meant that the other promoters couldn't get their mitts on them. It didn't make the other promoters happy campers, but... Sandow, Lewis and Mont were so busy putting on shows that they didn't have time to find a single stuff to give. This was an early version of what Vince McMahon would do to the territory system around the 80s. Very effectively, I might add. I mean, that's kind of why we're sitting here chatting today. Once on board, the wrestlers noticed something else very different in this particular promotion, and that was the wrestling. We look to the vision of Toots Mont for that. He'd taken control of the matchmaking and the booking and was gently encouraging everyone to be a bit more creative in the ring. So no more of these four-hour headlocks that put you to sleep before the last train home. No, no, no. Mont actually would spar with the wrestlers early on in the day and help them develop some new moves, help them work on some big finishes. I'm talking shocking stuff like a suplex, a body slam, or even a clothesline. As I said, this isn't mind-blowing stuff in 2020, but in 1920, this was practically black magic. It also meticulously choreographed the finish to the match. 
adding impact, drama, and suspense to those closing moments. The audience would go on a journey through peaks and valleys before getting to the big finish. Mon decreed the wrestling is now seen as fake and boring. So they might as well try and make it fake and exciting. It was a very successful formula. Audiences started piling in to watch slam bang Western style wrestling. A renewed love for professional wrestling was in the air. And that was down to the wrestling champion, Ed Lewis, his business manager, Billy Sandow, and the matchmaker and booker, Toots Mont. Marcus Griffin wrote a book all about these three called The Fall Guys, The Barnums of Bounce. And it was Marcus Griffin that would be credited as the man who first named them the Gold Dust Trio. How would this newfangled style of wrestling be treated not just by a growing audience, but by the peers in the wrestling industry? I guess we will find out next time on Wrestling in the Twenties. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. 